And welcome, everybody, to a comics edition of the Animaniacast. And welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. This is the podcast that, of course, is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs, as well as other shows in the Rugerverse such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky in the Brain, and Freakazoid. And today, we are going to be talking about another Animaniacs comic book. What a classic. Yes, today we're talking about episode 20, not episode, comic issue 21 of the Animaniacs comic book. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. Caller, you're on the radio. Hey, that is a line from the comic book. <laughs> One of the many hilarious lines <laughs> that you can find in issue 21 of the Animaniacs comic book, uh, which uh, the cover date was January of 1997, so that means this issue came out in December of 1996, because as it says on the cover, believe it or not, this is our Christmas special. Merry Christmas, Joey. Merry Christmas, Nathan. <laughs> And we're we're very we're celebrating the Christmas spirit because for the first time in how many months or slash over twelve at least twelve at least twelve at least twelve months Nathan <laughs> and I are recording in the same room. Yeah, we both have been fully vaccinated now. Yes, so that's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's time to celebrate with uh, recording like normal. I guess. Yeah, I might still do. <laughs> if you can call this one normal, because, yeah, yeah, Nathan, you know, for it still is pretty convenient just to do it from anywhere on Zoom. <laughs> like, I have to go to your place. No, let's just do it on Zoom. It's easy. Uh, but yes, but in, in theory, yes, in theory. But this is, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is what the people love is is the banter between brothers right here. Yes, Nathan, uh, Nathan's here with me. Kelly can't join us because, well, you know. It's a comic book, it's comic. and this one especially. Oh, I wouldn't my even God. if Kelly were available. To, I like, would not Kelly, want to put her through this to torture. This <laughs> but if you folks at home would like to go through some torture, <laughs> uh, you can find this comic book. Uh, you can find it in you know used comic book shops online or eBay or places like that. Um, this has a very notorious cover. Um, mm. uh, it has Wacko on the front as a supermodel. Um, we'll talk more about that in a moment, but if you do want to go through this in a, oh, I don't know, in a, a less legal way, um, there are several sites online that do have this comic book scanned. For basically free, other than maybe a virus or two on your computer yeah, or something. Yeah, virus you know, or like... two or three, who knows what's <laughs> being put. I mean, like we say before, we go through all this pain for you, especially yeah. not only the viruses, but for the... Sometimes the lack of comedy, which I was really, before we get you know too critical or anything of this comic, I was really thinking, oh man, we just turned a corner because issue twenty it was really good. Yeah, yeah, we really really liked it, and we yeah. were like, oh man, this is great. So f- this is great. They're finally hitting the stride. This is it's... feels like a an actual episode, and then we got to this one, which man, it hit the brakes and it was just yeah, like then you're all over the place. Well, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so issue 20, the cover, as we mentioned, 
uh, features Wacko on the front, and huge. Uh, he is huge. It, it, I think this is a parody. I'm not quite sure, but it, it, it looks like a parody of a, a Cindy Crawford or uh, perhaps a Kathy Ireland um, mm. cover shot. It's very 90s. Wacko has a 90s thing. Were any of them Miss America ever? Because it yeah. says Mess America. Mess America. It has nothing to do with the actual story. Nothing well, in it has to do there with... There is someone that is dresses as a woman in the story. I think that's what it has is referring to, maybe. Maybe. But anyway, it, Wacko's on the front looking all, uh, in quotes, sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are there are sexy women in both. Yeah, that's and, true. There's that. Uh, but Dot, uh, Yakko looks very upset. He's tapping his foot, looking at Dot, very upset about wacko looking like this i guess um dot says to yakko hey a mary Kay gift certificate can only go so far so yeah again the cover is very uh, interesting because it has zero to really to do with anything that's inside yeah and even and it barely even has anything to do with christmas other than it says chris believe it, it or not it's christmas yeah the the first story right here called radio dazed is a Howard Stern parody, and it has mm-hmm. uh, it Santa, takes place during Christmas. Santa is in it for a moment, and, and at the you could tell it's Christmas in the first couple panels. There's a Christmas tree and things like that. So yeah, so it's it's it it counts. Let's go ahead and talk about the first one right here. Let's talk about Radio Dazed. And Radio Days was written by Gary Glassberg. The art was by Omar Aranda, parentheses, Soul Studio, <laughs> and Scott McRae. The lettering was done by Lorena Mappa, and it was colored by Joe Mignot. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Radio Dazed? All right. Well, this is a Howard Stern, or at least a Howard Stern lookalike, but they even call him Howie, so it must be him. Uh, he is doing his radio show, and, you know, it's kind of a shock jock kind of thing. He's on the phone with someone telling him that, you know, you're just so lonely, you old man, no one's going to come visit you. It turns out to be his own dad he's talking to. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And he gets a call from uh, Wacko, uh, who's calling all the way from Burbank, uh, and we see in the Water Towers, he's, he's there, Yakko and Dot are both uh, asleep while he's on the phone. Um, they're like, hey, you're on the radio. He's like, actually, I'm right next to the radio, but whatever. So like, the producer next to Howard Stern is like, hey, tell him if he gets to the show right now, he can he can run the, he can host it or something. I don't know why. It's like a, a little prank they're going to do on the guy because like, clearly you're in Burbank. You're not going to be able to get to New York City. <laughs> Uh, in any time quick, but then, hey, wouldn't you know it, uh, all three, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, burst into the room and like, sorry, we had to uh, stop by somewhere on the way. To, sorry, it took so long, you know, haha. ha uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're on like in hula skirts. They've got like their surfboards. So now Wacko gets to run the show because uh, they said he could. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the, the agreement. I mean, yeah. th- that this part really does sound like it. Okay, this is, does sound like an so Animaniacs far, yeah. cartoon. Like, like the the bad guy in the situation says, "Well, there's no way that this could happen," and of course it happens because they're the end. They're the Warners, so they can do whatever they want. So yeah. So then we go into like uh, just a hodgepodge of different kind of stories going along. So um, Wacko gets thrown into the. Uh, the seat to host and dot decides to start styling uh howard stern's hair i guess is, is gonna be a thing 
<laughs> so he Wacko is doing a, a a fine job, I guess. I don't know, like on the radio. Dot is going back, and she's going to be the news source of this. Like I don't know what the uh, the lady is. That's the producer. Robin. In the back. Robin. Robin is the producer. Um, a lot well, of this comic is dependent on you knowing a lot about Howard, Howard Stern. Stern. Yeah, which I was like, I don't know who this is all about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wacko is like, uh, there's women dressed like uh, scantily, scant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, uh, as elves, and so Wacko is loving his his uh, thing. There's like he starts talking to uh, a Spock or not Spock, but uh, one of the Star Trek characters, Sulu. Sulu, I think, is there. Uh, <laughs> It's it's just kind of like all over the place. He's he's like bursting into people's homes that he's talking to on the phone because like Bunny is calling, asking what he looks for in a woman, and uh, he says bones are a good start, which is a great pickup line. I think no, it's not. It's terrible. This is he's yeah. a, another call from uh, someone named Bob Cratchit, and it says his boss is a cheapskate. And we cut to, it turns out, his boss is Bill Clinton. He's yeah, okay let's, okay, let's slow it down just a minute here. <laughs> this is just... Okay, because it, it really does get into random, like, jokes. Like, jokes just, there's nothing to do with the previous joke. Yeah, and it's, and they're not even funny. So, <laughs> so, caller on the line, it's Bob Cratchit, his says his boss is a cheapskate. And so it goes outside of the White House, and I, he said, no, I said he was a cheap date. Mm-hmm. And then it shows Bill Clinton like in the like a, a silhouette of him, and I guess this has to do with the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah, I mean, but it's in that time, but it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would Bob Cratchit? Why would anybody be say complaining? Nothing that nothing was in the Monica Lewinsky scandal had anything to do with Bill Clinton being dating. Cheap. Yeah, <laughs> being Cratchit. cheap and. <laughs> And and why would Bob Cratchit be concerned that he is a cheap di- again? So again, let's just let's just move move forward. It's, let's get that, to th- that's a panel that should have been cut and does yes. not like it's not a funny cut one. I think they're like we should do some Christmas references. It's so they're like Bob Cratchit. Yeah, just a- put Bob Cratchit in it for no reason. Um, hmm, yeah. Um, so uh, Dot ends up getting a bunch of luncheon meat. Because they were they were feeding them a line of bologna, so like there's like these puns that aren't funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yakko impersonates a, uh, a some sort of investigator. Callahan Fink is who he says he is. Well, he's from the F- FCC, I think, isn't he? From, yeah, the yeah. FCC investigator. So yeah. and, you he, know, he's, and he says, "Go ahead, make my Christmas day," because you can see that Yakko. Is looking like Clint Eastwood right yeah, here. He looks like Dirty Harry. Squinty eyes and everything. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's uh, he's going to shut down the show, I guess, unless Howard Stern can do something about it. So uh, he gets he's saying, like, I'll change my ways. I'll, I'll be nicer to people, even Kathy Lee. So you'd think, like, maybe they're going for some sort of, like, ghost of Christmas present kind of thing or something. Like, But then they just cut way from that like no let's not do that we got a phone call from uh, someone in hollywood a big producer uh saying they want to make uh howard stern a movie so we just cut out the what we were talking about before we're doing a whole new storyline now uh turns out it's wacko from behind a, a bookcase or something talking into a, a tin can i don't know if he says he's plots or anyone in particular um, they, they say they mention um 
like Thaddeus Plot. Like yeah, they, he says it's TP, TP. So it must be. And then Dot comes in saying that she's Thaddeus Plot's like hairdresser person or something yeah. like that to do Howard she Stern's did the hair. hair. On Kojak, but when she does Howard Stern's hair, they put all these light bulbs in it. And Christmas the, lights. The Christmas lights, and then it electrocutes, and then his hair ends up looking like the Bride of Frankenstein. Coming up here, though, this is probably the best part, I think, of the entire uh, issue. Yeah. Um, if that. I were to pick one moment, there's a, the thing that says, it's the thing that you're supposed to say, don't touch that dial, or I guess that's coming up. There's a bunch of dial humor right here. Yeah. Where, where it's it's either off, or it's on FM, AM, or stereo. Right. The three. So FM is, the, like... It's cool. It's the Beatles, and yeah. FM stereo. It's like Yakko and Wacko both turn into kind of like a hippie slash sergeant peppery kind of people and says do you feel the good vibrations far out am is old people so they're both they both look very disturbingly old saying yeah. more talk what would you say and then stereo they do they du- they duplicate duplicate themselves they duplicate themselves <laughs> and so there's they two double. yakos and two wackos uh which then howard stern chases at least one of those clones down the hall to where the point where Wacko sees the don't touch that dial dial and starts turning Howard Stern into different types of music. music. So it's either off or then it's country, punk, or classical. So if it's it's country, he's a cow. If it's punk, he's you know, he's a punk guy. And if it's classical, he's wearing a dress. It's I will a- say oh, I will say that uh and when they turn to classical, Howard Stern is put, like you said, into a dress. And uh, Wacko is uh, dressed as Liberace. Mm-hmm. And Howard Stern says, you look like Liberace. And Wacko says, I wish my brother Yakko was here. Meaning, this was something... I didn't, okay. Right over my head there. Liberace uh, used to talk about his brother George a lot. And the okay. only reason I know that is because it's in a Spike Jones song that they were making fun of Liberace and saying, oh, my brother George... And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Apparently Liberace talked about his brother George a lot. Um, so anyway, he gets chased out to the top of a radio tower. He starts climbing up the radio tower. Yeah, he's, they're going higher and higher. It looks like, you know, it's pretty dangerous. Uh, Howard Stern has even grabbed onto Wacko's leg. He's like, you're about to meet your maker. And then Wacko's like, I don't think so, unless I'm a toy. Because, hey, why don't you know what behind you? We've got Santa. He's saying, ho, ho, ho. And uh, Howard's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's got a gift for Howard Stern, and it's a giant lump of coal that crushes Howard Stern. I assume he dies. It's the largest, what does it say? The largest largest lump lump of of coal, the world of Santa. In the world. In the world. In the world. Heart Santa. Heart Santa. Yes, very, very small print on this. But yes, it's a boulder of coal, basically. Um, and that's when a talent agent comes and he's like, hey, you guys uh, just moved to New York and uh, you've got the biggest radio. You can do the radio show all you want. And he's like, and then Wacko's like, hey, I'm not going to leave Burbank. I could never leave my siblings. And then he says, I love you guys. And they say, hey, whoa, none of the touchy feely stuff. You're ruining the moment. This is Yakko. And then Dot says, Merry Christmas, everyone. So we have a nice, cute ending. And Howard Stern is still dead. <laughs> yeah, he never got up again. Yep. So. All right. Well, the end with that. Um, I don't know. You just see Santa fly off in the distance. And... So any any high? I mean, you, you <sighs> talked a lot about. Is there any of the highlight? I guess the highlight for me was the both the dial humor. I thought was mildly amusing. I like the idea of the "Don't touch that dial," um, being actually a dial. 
Um, and and Howard Stern tells him, "Don't touch that dial." So you know, yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The thing that bothered me was just how random, and the story just kept changing. Like they didn't yeah. have a a goal set in mind, I think, in this, where they're just like... It started getting more Christmassy, obviously, at the end. I think, uh, you know, the Santa saving the day, essentially, was definitely a Christmas Yeah, I wonder if theme. at one point this was not a Christmas, yeah. and then they, like, rewrote it to be a Christmas one. Yeah, it did feel like it... it there um, was... Um, yeah. I mean, there's... So, there's a panel that has a Tasmanian devil and brain in that same panel. So, that's kind of cool. You get to see... Yeah, but they're, like, stuffed animals or something, Yeah, right? there's a stuffed animal... Tasmanian Devil, and then brains like on a magazine or something. Yeah, so Which, you know, yeah, and then yeah, you can see there's there's stockings ready for Santa. There are a couple but. other um, uh, references here, and I took some screenshots of them so I could keep them straight. At one point, uh, Wacko looks like a weird bearded man, mm-hmm. and he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your radios. You are about to be invaded by." And he just you know says his name. So, but that's an Orson Welles. Yeah, I would just imagine he looks like Orson Welles, fat Orson Welles. And that's like the War of the Worlds. Yeah, about to right? be invaded by. So that would be interesting to hear uh, Wacko <laughs> trying Wacko to doing, sound trying to sound like the brain. Yeah, but that was pretty much the other. I mean, you mentioned Kojak, and they also talked about finding the Christmas lights behind Donnie and Marie albums. Mm. Um, but that, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's it's not good. It's part of the problem is just like it's not funny, which is a big problem. Like you want your comic to be funny, but uh, <laughs> there's a Johnny Quest uh, video game that you can that came out. Even the this video time. game um, references though were oh, the, or commercials or oh, ads. ads in these? All the ads in this are not good. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a. Independence Day on VHS is coming to your home. Yeah, exactly. Independence Day coming to VHS. A Johnny Quest CD-ROM. Which I I doubt uh, was any good. An NBA video of the best of Michael Jordan. You can get... A box set? Oh, my gosh. $29.98 for a three-pack VHS set. It's probably like 20 minutes worth of videos on... It's, I mean, that, that's a crazy thing when I look back at, like, video prices. 30 bucks for uh, two and a half hours is... It's still, I would think, a lot. Yeah, for for, uh, for stuff, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, like because the VHS then dream- tapes, they might not have been like you get three tapes, but it doesn't. It's two and a half hours, like across three. You could have put yeah. that on one tape, probably. Oh, but the video quality would be really yeah. Low. I guess that's true. So if you want a higher quality, you're looking at about forty five minutes to an hour per uh, tape. It's so dumb, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they don't have VHS tapes anymore. Uh, there's also the Dreamcast is a, there's an ad for, or not Dreamcast, Sega Saturn. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm much more excited about talking about these things. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. There's much more interesting <laughs> things to go. Oh, okay. I kind of remember that. I kind of remember that. Um, but let's go and move on straight on over to the next and, you know, thankfully last, last oh my story of, uh, today. It's called ER Emergency Roomies. Oh, I thought it was called Err. <laughs> Uh, an ER or ER emergency room. There's just all emergency roomies. Roomies uh, was written by Gary Glassberg and Omar Aranda was the penciler. Scott McRae was the inker. Lorena Mappa was the letterer, and Dave Tanguay was the colorist. And in this, Wacko has something wrong with him. 
Uh, he broke, he, Yakko says he broke his funny. And I thought he was going to say funny bone. Yeah, it's funny bone. But um, yeah, there's a, yeah, he says, look, look at him, Dot. He's all pale and pasty. I thought Wacko, I think Wacko, I can't even talk. Look at him, Dot. He's all pale and pasty. I think Wacko broke his funny. Dot replies, gee, I thought he was just being a harsh critic. Um, So they go to the studio. They say, you know, you got to, somebody, you know, can you find me some sort of siren to like, get him to the hospital? This is the kind of, again, humor that we're looking at. Yeah, I didn't get this joke. It doesn't a make girl, A girl hits, the, a, a, a beautiful blonde girl is hits the this front of the what else, truck. Like, it almost looks like Dot's throwing her on the he truck. He kind of does. I guess like, she I does tell, throw her. Right? And then because she says, will this siren do? Will this do? siren do? And it looks like, okay, never mind. They, they were just hitting people on the street. So I assume that at first they hit this girl too. But yeah, you're right. Dot looks like she's throwing a blonde girl onto the hood of their truck and says will this siren do so maybe there's like a an actress or something named <laughs> no it's just like the siren like a tempting woman yeah, or something like but that still it's really bad it's yeah so anyway so there's two <laughs> there's two people parodied in this er and these were like the two of the main cast members there's juliana margulies and george clooney are heavily featured in this comic. Yeah, I didn't recognize George Clooney other than they kept calling him calling back. him George Clooney, basically. But like, <laughs> yeah. looking at the character, I've never been like, oh, that's George Clooney, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the characters are pretty weak. Um, but they, they start off and they say, okay, we've got to fill out all this paperwork. And Juliana Margulies uh, sends them to the waiting room. And you can see people like uh, Amelia Earhart are in there and a skeleton. And it looks like kind of Laurel and Hardy, sort of are in there oh yeah I would say um, that's who's jimmy uh, yeah there's this i think it's supposed to be jimmy stewart oh, um maybe. he says wow i think yakko mentions whoa i think you need some patience to be a patient in this hospital the jimmy stewart baby character says hanging in there amelia mm-hmm. and she says yeah how about you jimmy i don't so we know his name's jimmy but yeah he doesn't look like any doesn't like, look like jimmy stewart to me anyway uh the george clooney character comes in and needs some residents to help him uh with somebody and uh, to put some stitches on some patients uh, dot has her uh needle point that she you know knows not to do that so she figures she can help but of course by helping putting them into stitches yakko uh, just makes them laugh and um and they're all in pain and in bandages and george clooney's not happy about that but they are in stitches yes so uh and he says give them a sedative and then he says oh i'll just show them this kenny rogers tv movie huh uh, they're gonna fall asleep. I bet. I bet those Kenny Rogers TV movies might have been bad. Uh, so let's go. Ahead. So it moves on. That you know, Dot and Juliana Margulies. Dot yeah. and Juliana Margulies are going around together doing their thing. Some bad visual gags, like you know, put them in a broken. I put this patient in a broken sling, and it's a slingshot, a giant slingshot. Yeah, like and, she's wrapping people in bandages when they yeah. just had a paper cut. Yeah, and so, uh, Yakko, meanwhile, is talking about rhinoplasty and bringing in rhinos to the surgery rooms. Uh, let's let's skip forward to where Wacko is. Because, <laughs> um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go forward through a lot of this. It's not worth really focusing too much time on. Wacko goes to the morgue, and his whole bit throughout this whole thing is he looks really sick, really tired, and really, like, 
delusional or something. <laughs> so he goes into the morgue where yeah, there's there's dead bodies there with little you know tags around their toes and stuff. Good evening, ladies and germs. Boy, I could use a stiff drink. What do you stiffs drink anyway? Come on, guys, I'm dying up here because the corpses aren't laughing at him for some yeah. reason. And uh, um. so he says, talk about a tough room. I guess I lost my funny forever. And he has a very sad looking um, shot He's right crying. there in an angle. Yeah. I mean, they look cool. I mean, the Warners are drawn very well in all these, you know, all this. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, anyway, they go they back to cut to Yakko and Juliana Margulies' character. Uh, Yakko says Wacko has a case of bird brain and it shows wacky. Oh, I'm sorry. Tweety Bird is in Wacko's head. There's an x-ray. Of yeah. His. And it shows another x-ray of Yakko, oh, Wacko and he says, yep, Wacko's Looney Tunes. What do you think is causing this? And there's a Bugs Bunny inside of his chest. His chest. Oh, my gosh. But then it turns out it's just Dot doing shadow puppets inside the x-ray machine. Um, so they decide to go back and, and show, uh, Wacko's gag reflex. So Yakko hits Wacko on the knee and Wacko's gag reflex is to shove a pie in Yakko's face. And see, the gag reflex is fine, but he's not laughing. He broke his funny. Mm. And I really don't know why they're not just saying funny bone. Like, why not just say funny bone? Anyway. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) cut back. So this is Yakko and Wacko doing their thing in front of a crowd. Cut to Dot. I didn't like this scene. Yeah, she (laughs) she looks very, a little too seductive coming in to this room saying, you who want to play doctor, doctor? Jumps on George Clooney and, uh, you know, starts talking. This is where there's some stuff about... um, This is the first time I was like, oh, this is uh, George George Clooney. Clooney Because (laughs) up to this point, I had no idea. You're kind of cute, you know, of course... Uh, you're no Mel, but you've got this adorable Bruce Wayne thing going on. Mm. Uh, and gives him a really wet, disgusting kiss on the face. And he says, oh, please don't do that again. Uh, okay. Cuts back to, you know, basically George Clooney starts to believe these three are certifiable. So he brings them into a room and he shows a ink blot test to Yakko. This is your second clue. If you didn't get the first, because like now you don't need a second time. Yes, a second exactly. Batman. So now the the second clue right here is is that um, he shows him an ink blot, which obviously is a Batman ink blot. Yeah, it just it looks, looks like, like the, the Batman, Batman logo. Yeah. It says, "What do you see in this Yakko?" And Yakko just says, "You." Uh-huh. Uh Dot shows him a little slip that she's wearing that has a little uh, face of Sigmund Freud on it, and she says, "This is my Freud. This is a Freudian slip." That's good. And uh, you know, did, why, he puts some electric stuff on uh, Wacko, and then he says, "Why do you keep counting during our test, for Pete's sake?" And Wacko says, "That's right. I forgot Pete. I'm multiplying my personalities, and I was never very good at math." Uh, I don't get it. Okay. It's not. It's not that funny to begin with. Okay, so anyway, they go to <laughs> a giant machine. They they get the he's about to get these the orderly. Steven Spielberg wing too. Is oh yeah, the Steven this Spielberg is the wing. part that Kelly would like. Yeah. This one panel. <laughs> I guess. Steven Spielberg wing has an ET finger on it and of course Steven Spielberg was one of the executive producers of ER, so it would make sense to have Steven Spielberg yeah. in this. The you write there's a writers do you know who wrote the facts of life? Because I couldn't find any. 
I, I mean, like George Clooney was on Facts of Life, right? Yeah, but the, I don't know what they, that they, has to do they with. Pass, they pass a solitary confinement room. There's a writer of Facts of Life inside. Yeah, so I was like, what is the point of this? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so bad. But they go to a nurse dressing machine, and they're all popping out of the different drawers. And, hey, Doc, over here. And I guess George Clooney either jumps in after them or falls in. And they pull a little crank and George Clooney comes up, comes out dressed as a nurse. And Yakko says, hello, nurse, and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And George Clooney is now in drag. And after kissing the nurse, Yakko says, gack. And all the orderlies say, ew. Mm-hmm. And this is what Wacko finds funny mm. um and he says now that's funny dot is dot yakko are so happy yay we did it our sibs back to normal abnormal his normal abnormal self and uh wacko says that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me uh but if you mind can i go back to the my friends in the morgue those guys kill me the end the end yep so a little transphobic humor at the end yeah i'm like uh... But I don't even know what a nurse. So the nurse dressings machine. Is it is. That just, it is also sexist your, because you're you're assuming that all nurses are female. Are female, yeah. But um, yeah, it's so dumb. Uh, but I'm guessing that's just a machine that you would get your outfit from. I guess, but it's and a, then because then Dot changes the name of it, so it's now nurse dresser. So it's now a machine that dresses you as a as a nurse, <sighs> but um. Yeah, it's a very problematic ending. Um, you would definitely not see that nowadays, no. which I guess is good because it's just it wasn't funny. And yeah. then also it's just like <laughs> it's very transphobic and sexist and just not funny. Not funny overall. That's the biggest issue that I have with this issue. Yeah, is it's not funny. And yeah. with that, let's go ahead and get to the water tower rating. <laughs> Out of five water towers, how many would you give this issue of the Animaniacs comic, Nathan? I'm just going to one. <laughs> Me too. Okay. I'm going to one. Uh, like, I, I, I don't know. You go first. Why, what is I don't it? know. I, I, yeah. It, it's um, both, of a, both segments are very sexist and... Uh, the second one very transphobic. They're both. They both are probably transphobic because even the this part where uh, Howard Stern dresses up as a woman. So I'm sure that's like a joke to. I guess. Yeah. And I'm, it's still, I'm more and concerned. Then he dies at the end too, and it's just. <laughs> I'm more concerned with the fact that it just wasn't funny. Yeah. I mean, it was just. It really was not. Just, yeah. But I, it just wasn't enjoyable too. It's just all over the place. There's not even like a a, a cohesive theme or no. anything going on for this and it, and you have to really pay attention to every panel closely to get what they're trying to find well, out what the joke is changing the joke yeah they're like and even when you do find out what the joke is it's not worth the no. search like i always like it in a comic book like this where if i really pay attention i really find all these little details yeah, like wow that's great little jokes and that's why I was like, oh, man, that's Facts of Life comic guy. That must you be wasted a- all that time. Yeah, I went in search and I was like, I guess it's just because George Clooney was on Facts of Life. That's I don't. I think it's just because it? the writer was just not a fan of Facts of Life, which know. by the time this issue came out, Facts of Life, I don't think any kids. I mean, Facts of Life got canceled in like the mid 80s or yeah, something. So how many exactly. kids were really that concerned about the Facts of Life? 
So bad you take issue. The good, you take the bad, and this is the bad one. You Don't take, take what's it. left, and there you no. have the facts of life. Or Animaniacs or comic Animaniacs. issue number twenty-one. But I know the theme song. <laughs> That's because it was in uh, Scrubs. <laughs> Written by Alan Thick, I think. There we go. I don't, I don't know. know. I think oh, it was song. Yeah, probably. Alan Thick wrote a lot of uh, theme songs. Mm-hmm. I know that from Comedy Bang Bang. <laughs> well, uh, I think before we go, we better leave on a, a positive note. I think we better share some feedback from our listeners. Ooh. And uh, I say positive feedback. I mean, some of this is going to be positive. Some of it's not. It's it's going to be dealing with the Animaniacs reboot. So We let's, watched that. We did. And we asked our uh, listeners and followers on social media to give us their thoughts about it all and um well they did and we haven't been able to get to some of them so since we have a little bit of time on this one we might as well share some thoughts all right nathan what what do you what do you got here okay i'm pretty sure we did not read this one already (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we should we should say uh, by the way i apologize if we repeat any of these uh pretty sure okay um this one is new. So we're go- I'm going to read it. If it sounds familiar, you just stop me. I'm just going to. So this one's from Rosa. And it says, uh, Until recent months, I rewatched some old Animaniacs segments and recently ended watching the first season reboot. I liked it for the most part. I just missed some of the old characters and I hope they reappear on season two. I liked episode 11 special. Because it has some old good Warner's mischief and some, uh, and it shows their flaws. I became very worried about Wacko about Yakko's mental health. In some way, you emphasize. Uh, in some way, you emphasizes a lot with them. So I don't. Oh, empathizes. There we go. I was <laughs> I was adding an H that wasn't there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so in some ways, you empathize a lot with them. Uh, Pinky and the Brain are not that bad. They're good. I just can't understand why they changed the intro. About the few extras. The gnome, though it's it's funny how it brings out the raw truth, it's not very likable watching him almost ripping out a head, though it could be worse. And Things That Hide in the Dark is very good. Like, good idea and bad idea. Or time mime segment, I think. Mime time. time <laughs> now I'm waiting to watch more and see what happens, and I hope yeah, uh, I hope Wacko can sing a solo uh, or his capital song, even Yakko's interrupted song in 16th Italy. Um, I want to know what's next. I don't know if you really read these, uh, but thank you anyway. Hope you read. Uh, hope to read you soon. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> maybe they read us. <laughs> maybe, maybe the transcript. Do we write transcripts for each of these? No. But maybe there's an automatic transcript. Like if, you, if you do uh, write a transcript, make sure you write it correctly, <laughs> uh, not how I write it. Well, <laughs> I'll go through an email that we got. And this is, a, this is a longer one, but I do want to hit some of the highlights of it. And she says, hello, my name is Quirky Girl. And I'm a huge fan of Animaniacs, parentheses, the original one. And I'm here to express my thoughts about the Animaniacs reboot, since the Animaniacast will share them on their next podcast. Or or weeks later. Six weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, But she does say, my opinion may be too long to read. So, you know, she gives a short summary at the end. And I'll I'll just kind of hit the... um, the, the likes before I get to the summary. She, what she liked was the Pinky and the Brain segments, mm-hmm. the original voice actors voicing the characters, mm. the Warner's anime fight scene, the yeah. fluid 2D animation, 
and the Warner's updated designs. Uh, and then it kind of goes down to the, the she goes you know into detail for specifically the things that she didn't like uh, for the Warners and and things like that. Um, and uh, I'll get down to the you know a little conclusion thing and then a short summary. Sure. She says, if I were in the new Animaniacs crew right now, I would highly encourage them to rewatch the Warner segments from the original Animaniacs and watch more of the Marx Brothers films. Mm -hmm. That way they can genuinely understand what Animaniacs is supposed to be about and what it meant to Tom Ruger and the original team. Short summary, if I could describe the Animaniacs reboot in a brief summary, I'd say it's okay, but not remarkable. I wish I could have been better, but it didn't. I honestly would like to see more Animaniacs episodes for the next two seasons, but what I really want to see is better. I I want to I hope that the new Animaniacs crew cleans up their acts and fix the mistakes they made in season 1. Mm. Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> I always love it when the emails end like yeah. that. Uh anyway, thank you very much Tuniana. That was a, a very uh I'm uh, not I'm sorry. Tuniana is her uh her 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 email name. But Ooh. Quirky Girl, I know, I just almost, I gave away your identity right there. Oh my gosh. Quirky Girl, I'm sorry, Quirky Girl. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that uh, stuff right there. What else we got, Nathan? Uh, this one's from Jake. He says, I didn't like it when the reboot overused the Hanna-Barbera sound effects, especially the gosh-awful whistle-zip sound effect. I want to hear nothing but the classic Warner Brothers sound effects by Treg Brown and Russell Bro- Brower. Brower? Probably yeah, Brower. Uh, mostly the whistle zip sound effects, as well as the Disney sound effects. So that was it's a nice little interesting, thing. but yeah, very like. But yeah, I do agree. There was the I, and that was a criticism I heard from other people as well that they rely too much on cartoon sound effects versus mm-hmm. orchestra. Yeah, actually uh, using in. the yeah. All right, uh, this one right here comes from Aqua Squirrel. Uh, Aqua Squirrel says, "I wish Slappy and the Good Feathers were in the reboot." They were an important part of the OG, and it would have been awesome to see them return for a new generation. They could be on the next season, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Neither are we. Mm. Uh, and he says, uh, next, there were too many gross-outs. The show was about slapstick and witty comedy, not gross-outs. And the biggest problem is the character changes. Dot is now a feminist, which I never. I, I think that word is kind of thrown around a yeah, little too I much online it's... as a negative, which I don't think it is. But um, <laughs> Dot is now a feminist. Dare. How dare she, she think women should have equal? I, I know. How I dare know. she? Uh, and not the adorable but feisty <laughs> girl she once was. Yakko is no longer witty. He makes bad puns, and the brain is now more evil. Torturing Julia was out of character for him, and not okay. And a few more things. There are no educational songs without a joke. And in the last episode, they can't even say a serious moment without the brain making a joke. Comedy shows can have serious moments, but there are good things. The animation, colors, and character designs are spot on. I do like how they are focusing more on the main characters. I love that there is a Pinky in the Brain segment in almost every episode. I like they're still making fun of celebrities, though it's mostly political. Although, Also, the writers may be trying to do a slow burn relationship between Pinky and the Brain. I like, uh, I definitely like that. I don't know what he means by a slow burn relationship. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but anyway, they also do a pretty good job of bringing a 90s show to a new generation overall. Three reboot's pretty good, in my opinion. I give it a 6 out of 10. 
And if you got this so far in my email, thank you so much for reading. I love your podcast, by the way. Thank you for reading. Bye. Hopefully got through this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if you got through this email, Aqua Squirrel. This one's a long one. Do you want to hear a long one from from Regular Guy 16 on Discord? Yeah, sure. So, okay. He wanted to share some of his thoughts on Season 1 of the Animaniacs reboot. The first season of Animaniacs, to me, is a show with an identity crisis. On one hand, it presents itself as a greatest hits continuation of the show. I say this because only the two most popular segments on the are, and their characters have returned to a speaking recurring degree. The show has gone out of its way to have the returning characters be voiced by their original voice actors, an orchestral soundtrack led by Stephen Julie Bernstein, assistant composers of the original show. A few iconic moments from the old show are referenced, and there is a clear effort to at least emulate the uh, uh, anarchic, uh, largely uh, irreverent nature of the old show. However, on the other hand, there are changes. Uh, A greater emphasis is put out on gross-out humor and politics, Human designs are of a more angular and detailed nature. Characters are animated in a less loose, more locked-down manner in general. Most of the original cast is uh, excised. Uh, returning characters are often behave a bit dr- differently, and there are new segments featuring um, different art styles. Um, different than those of the main segments. Something that never really happened in the old show. I think a lot of the criticism many of us have with the reboot wouldn't exist had the new Animaniacs reboot taken the approach of reboots like DuckTales, Voltron, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All of the latter reboots by completely wiping out uh, away the continuity continuity of the old and starting with a by completely scratch. Uh, maybe have the Warner siblings potentially played by new voice actors uh, not escape the tower on a permanent basis until 2020. Make Pinky more of a phone addict in a place of being a TV addict uh, and rework Hello Nurse into something more acceptable. However, within the, the context that this is a continuation of the old show, many of the changes feel awkward to me. Some of these changes of, to the reboot are intentional. Uh, Dot's personality has been changed by has been claimed by reboot personality to be intentional, and given at least one of the reboot person uh, personnel have openly claimed that they didn't like the original show that much. It seems like some of the uh, some other changes might also have been intentional and designed possibly to attract people who have uh, may have not been fans of the original. However, if that is pr- uh, partially what they were going for. With these changes, I believe the people making the changes miscalculated. I don't really know of anybody who didn't like the original show that that much who loves the reboot, while there are quite a few fans of the original who aren't fans of the reboot. This is all besides the situation regarding the original writers, which has already been covered plenty on the Animaniacast podcast. That's us. Hey. Um, However, that doesn't mean the reboot is all bad. I feel some of the Warner segments, Fear and Laughter in the Burbank, Who Donut, and even the entirely uh, entirety of uh, Good Warner's Hunter, hunting, um, do retain much of the spirit of the shorts uh, from the original uh, old shows, and can get almost as funny as those shorts from the old show. Meanwhile, Pinky and the Brain, I do believe, get stronger set of segments overall, and 
uh, with a mostly clear understanding of who the characters are and how to best create funny scenarios for them to be. In fact, I believe that the brain's more malevolent turn, if made explicit, and the whole Julia Julia thing could have potential uh, in setting up a mini-redemption arc for the brain. Hopefully those Warner people are correct that the show does get better next season. Nonetheless, while there are good parts of the reboot, I can't overlook the flaws. Even if the writing improves and the animation issue gets fixed, that won't fix everything, especially since I feel that some characters, including a certain pair of squirrels, are ripe for an explosive comeback, and that won't happen unless certain people are on board. There we go. Wow. A long one. Well, let's just go. Let's do some. I'll do some rapid fire of some short ones here to close things out for today. Uh, On our Instagram, uh, we asked people, what did you think of the reboot? And I'll just kind of mispronounce their their usernames. Giovanni (laughs) Gago353 say, (laughs) Yeah, not even trying. Says, Good. Uh, World (laughs) World Mouse Brain says, Had some major issues with it, but it's okay. I watched it. I only watched it for Pinky and the Brain. I hated episode eight, but I loved episode nine. Yako Warner 2000 says, you see, dot, 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 and then stopped. Uh, Dragon is Drew says, I loved it. It was very fun to watch, and I'm excited for season two. Liz Vigsbjeck says, it was too gross. Adriana Waldron's RN says, it didn't get good until episode five or six. Still doesn't hold a candle to the OG. Ooh. Swag Kirby Official 778. It had some rough parts, but I really liked it. Samo 1340. It's a little rough at the beginning, but it gets good. Wish there were more of the old characters or some new ones. Tiny Toon Zim Fan says, I love it apart from Starbucks and Cindy and the incredible known in people's mouths. Also, I hope they decide to bring Slappy Squirrel back for season two and three well not two but maybe three yeah just cause <laughs> just cause 889 says i really love the reboot uh casarolas says i do prefer the original like most but the reboot did what it was made for and introduced me and a generation of other people to a franchise i am so grateful for it uh james michaels 30 says i thought it was really good but I felt like you should use more of the political humor to attack every side instead of picking sides. That's the way a show feels less like it's forcing opinions down people's throat. As an example of instead of just attacking Trump, attack Biden too. But that's just, well, they couldn't have done that because Biden wasn't a Biden candidate. Was like, in, like, in nobody. Like, why are you attacking an yeah. ex-vice president? Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Slangism says having the chance to have worked on some Animaniacs episodes. Slangism is a very good artist, by the way. I checked out his uh, his Instagram, so yeah. definitely do that. Uh, having the chance to have worked on some of the, I believe he means original Animaniacs episodes, plus being a fan of the series even before I worked in the field, I felt it didn't let me down at all. Great reboots. Uh, it's a great reboot as far as reboots go, and I'm not a fan of the reboot era at all. Uh, and there's a few more things, but I accidentally pressed the wrong button, so I'm not going to read them. (laughs) I accidentally swiped the wrong way and, uh, lost my place. But you can see the rest of those on the, on our Instagram. Instagram, You can add your own comment that won't be read. Until like three or four or seven weeks later. But you never know. We we read as many as we can. But I think just well, if you say like, "Hey, this is a new one," we're not going to. We unfortunately, we honestly, we can't read everybody's comment that's sent into us. We'll read it ourselves, but we can't read. We will absolutely. Yeah. 
If you if you write it, we'll we'll read it. We'll definitely read it. We will absolutely read it. But we can't guarantee we're going to read it on the air. But I think we can get the majority. Is it is a mixed bag? I mean, even the people who really liked it, nobody. I don't think. I don't think there's been anybody who really loved every single moment. Yeah, no. I think like even with the original show to say like that something couldn't be better. Like that's not true. Yeah, exactly. Like there's always room for improvement on it. Exactly. So. So looking forward to what happens in season two. I mean, um. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, I think I'm it'll be better than this comic that we read. So that is very true. If it, as long as it's better than Animaniacs <laughs> issue twenty one, I'll be happy. Well, let's get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Joey uh, Django FT. That's me. All right. As for the Animaniacast, check out Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can go to our Discord. You can become a member of the RetroZap Discord server by going to the welcome link, which is discord.animaniacast.com you can go in there and talk to us about anything Animaniacs related or really anything pop culture related with any of the retro zap folks uh, which you know because they have podcasts about everything anything pop culture under the sun and of course Patreon if you become a patron you get extra audio from us exclusive audio including commentaries from tom ruger behind the paywall yes (laughs) but this weekend is really great because we have not only commentary with tom ruger but also paul rugg what paul rugg jumps on voice of like freakazoid yeah he's a writer and he wrote some of the best episodes and he's absolutely he's a hilarious person as well just talking to him yeah so uh we were very happy to have him on for a guest uh appearance on this week's patreon back again sometime i agree uh, so check that out, patreon.com slash animaniacast. Become a patron, get access to all the commentaries we've done so far for just a few bucks. It's pretty pretty cool. Wow, what a deal. What a deal. <laughs> That'll do it for today's episode of the Animaniacast. So for Nathan and Kelly, who's not here, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.